Hello there. Welcome. This is a special edition of To a Certain Degree Called Odd Numbers. Every other Monday, my guest and I choose a theme, we play some music, and we chat. Do we always stay on topic? Not quite, but it's always a fun talk, and I think you'll like it. The topic for this episode is podcasting, and my guest is returning guest Chris Crespo. Who better to talk podcasting than someone who knows podcasting like Chris, who lives and eats and breathes podcasting? That's a bit of an exaggeration, but he definitely does a lot of it and even helps start a podcast network here in Orlando. For more on this episode, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now, on with the show. Thanks, Amy Mann. Amy Mann there with uh, Sam, or I'm sorry, with David Arnold. That was a cover of Nobody Does It Better, I think is how you're supposed to pronounce it, from the David Arnold James Bond Project from 1997. So that is 102 years old, approximately. Shaken and Stirred was the name of that. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to Odd Numbers. And as I do every week from 7 to 9 a.m., I have a very special guest, in this case, a returning guest. Chris Crespo is here. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Nick. How you doing? Oh, so good. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here, too. I cannot wait to talk to you. So this is a returning guest formatted show, okay. Odd Numbers. Mm-hmm. This is episode number 22. That's so thanks a, uh, for being here. Double digits. Not, not an odd number. Not an odd number. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. And there's two of us, so that's also not... If you cut odd. it in half, it's an odd number. It's half, It's almost an odd number. Let's do that then. Okay. Let's cut things in half today. It's, it's half odd numbers. Okay. Cut, cutting things in half. Perfect. We're reducing everything you know, by 50%. You know what is an odd number? Mm. Pi. Yes. Guess what today is? Not pi. Is it pi it's day? Not pi it's day. not pi day. No, no it's pi approximation day. Because 22 divided by 7, it's today's July 22nd, mm-hmm. is approximately is what they use for the approximate of pi. Oh. It comes out to about 3.14, yada, yada, yada. So approximate pi day. Yeah, approximate almost, pi day. Almost pi day. Yeah. All right. That's like, so a, we'll Mc, do that. like McDonald's pie day. It's, <laughs> it's almost a, a pie. It's almost food. Almost food. Yeah. It's edible. <laughs> it gets you there. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Chris much. Crespo of Cinema Crespadiso yes. podcast mm-hmm. to 300 and what, 20, 60 episodes? episodes? Uh, we just did 341. Yeah. So yes. oh, good. Right in between those yeah, two numbers I had. Yeah. 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 Approximate. You got it. It's approximate pie. Approximate, approximate Crespo podcast yeah. day. 341. Uh, so very great show. And Thank you. part of PFT Media, of yes. course, as well. You're one of the founders of that. Yes, so. we are. We got uh, PFTmedia.com. It's the home of many uh, different podcasts. And we got web series there as well and different things. And we're working on diff- too many things. We're working on too many things. There's a lot of stuff going on. So yes. I wanted to ask, I wanted to take a step back. You do a lot within the podcasting community here in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be later today, you're going to be on Tom and Dan. Correct. Yesterday, you recorded your own show, which Correct. will be out. Uh, it's out now. It's out now. Yes, with uh, Peter and... And Dede Von Saborski from Dinner and Good Conversation. So, and there's another podcast. So you do a lot in the podcast community. What I was curious about, what I wanted to start out with is a question for you is, Mm -hmm. what are you listening to right now? Uh, Actually, I've been obsessed with the show that's a a Patreon only show that you Mm got to pay the monies for. One of the few that I pay monies for. And it's called, it's a ridiculous name. It's it's almost embarrassing to have to admit that I listen to a show with this name. It's called Action Boys with a Z. Okay. So B-O-Y-Z, Action Boys. It's these three uh, comedians who are 
I think all three are actually New York comedians who relocated to L.A. a while ago. Mm -hmm. And they're all reconnecting over the action movies of our youths because they're all like right around my age. So it's all the action movies of the 80s going into so the late 90s. 80s, early 90s. Yes. Yeah. Uh, even early 80s stuff like Commando and Conan. So they'll and go stuff back like and they'll, watch they'll it. They'll go yeah. back. And uh, they've even dipped into like the 70s with Enter the Dragon and stuff and Drunken Master. But these are all my favorite movies. And I find these guys funny. And then they do hour and a half to three hour long episodes talking about breaking down each movie each action movie and it's been a delight to listen to so i've been uh obsessed with that to the point where i've been neglecting my pft media duties i don't know what's going on with any of my shows now all these shows <laughs> i'm supposed to be producing and checking in on sure I, sure i'm now like weeks behind on you're just all posting the, them and saying yep that's i'm like that's this, is, this is brilliant i'm sure there's uh nothing terrible in here at all that will get me uh <laughs> get me in trouble down the road no it's I have to do pay more attention now, but it's, I've been obsessed with this action movie uh, podcast for a bit. That sounds like a really good one. So one of my favorites uh, is, of course, How Did This Get Made, which is yes. probably very similar to that. They yeah, go I love all that over one. the place with just terrible movies. Yeah, they do try to do bad movies where action boys, they go about them as like, oh, we love these movies. Even right, when they talk right. about ones where they rewatch them, like, oh, this is bad. At the end, they're like, well, what do you rate it? Oh, five stars. It's a five-star nice. movie for sure. But How Did This Get Made is a lot of fun. How it's been around for like a decade. It's been around for a while, Since yeah. like 2012, 2011. And what I find interesting is the idea of these comedians mm -hmm. doing this on the side but being able to make money at it. They're one of the most support. successful yeah. ones ever. They yeah. uh, do the live shows where they fill theaters with like four or 500 people sometimes, yeah. which is wild. Yeah. yeah. very. I'm very impressed with that. I'm still trying to get 10 people to show up at the Nook over in the Milk District for free. <laughs> for free? Yeah, that's hard. Or when you do a show? That's hard to do, man. Trying yeah. to get that many people to show up. You know, I do trivia twice a week, and uh, it's hard to get people to come out to a thing. It's a free thing. It's entertainment. There are prizes on the line. Oh, I got uh, seven people turned out. Cool, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> We're offering stuff. So it's a, it's a good chance of them winning. Great chance. I just yeah. sell it that way when people show up and there's like no one here. That's how I spin. I'm like, guys, there's only three teams here. You're going to do great. You're three teams, do three prizes. Three prizes. All you got to do is stick it out Guaranteed to the winning. Mm -hmm. Just, just buy, tip your server really well. And sometimes a team will still leave after the second round. I'm like, yeah, you know what? We're going to go. I'm like, all right. <laughs> nice. That happens. Uh, another one I'm listening to that's movie related. So mm -hmm. there's three that I listen to. I'm, I'm going to check out Action Boys too. It's a fun, that sounds like a really it's a good very one. fun show. You can find like free samples of it, essentially episodes yeah. online, and then if you like it, then you can go to the Patreon. And it's just probably a couple bucks. It's five bucks a month. Yeah, yeah, that's no, not bad. But they've been around for a few years now, so if you get in on it now, there's a whole backlog where it's like, uh, oh, yeah, okay, so I could listen to it yeah. forever. Mm -hmm. uh, Cinema Crespedito, obviously. These, these oh, are my movie you. related okay, podcasts. Sure, yeah, yeah. How did this get made? And I just started listening to, and I don't know if you've heard of this one, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. I don't know if I have heard that it's, one. It's it, actually very similar to Action Boys. Yeah. So three African-American mm -hmm. uh, actors, comedians, uh, they rewatch movies. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, they just did Shark Tale, um, uh, Wild Wild West. You know, So they go back, not mm -hmm. only more recent movies, but older films as well. Mm -hmm. And sort of through the lens of race and what it's done for racial quality mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, gender equality in terms of Hollywood. That sounds in awesome. In terms of movies. It's great. That's, it's fantastic. That sounds really cool. Because I think, you know, your perspective can only get you so far. Yes. So, you know, I will talk about being from Canada and being not even first generation. But, you know, I, I, I haven't lived 
a life that uh, gives me a lot of perspective. So mm-hmm. being able to listen to a podcast like that mm-hmm. with humor in it, I'm not going to lie. That always lie. helps. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, super serious podcast is not going to keep my attention. Yeah. Comedy helps for sure. Yeah. With a lot. The, the sugar helps the medicine go down. Type yeah, of thing. exactly. And movies are supposed to be about empathy and learning other perspectives, you know, right. and opening up your POV. So for sure helps to have a, uh, uh, people talking on it in an intelligent way, an intelligent and fun way that then can help you uh, understand uh, movies and just art better and, and culture and all that stuff. That sounds like a great show. Yeah, I would I would definitely recommend that one. I'll check it out. Um, the other ones that I like, uh, sort of the listening in on people's conversations, mm-hmm. uh, is, of course, Full Frontal Nerdity. I think they do a great job sure, over there. Sure, yeah, Ken Kardatsky. Yep. Yeah, he's been on my show. And I am loving, I have to say, and this is not you paying me to say this, mm-hmm. Off Cuts. Oh, great. Yes. It is so good. It's a fun show, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. So yes. that's on PFT Media. That's one I would definitely highly recommend. Mm, so. Thank you. That's Elliot Hillis yep. over at uh, Orlando Meats. And now, uh, have you had that recess pizza downtown? I want to go there. Oh, no, I haven't been there yet. It's good. I got there Lily, which is the just their basic cheese, tomato, yep. uh, basil. But it's on a focaccia bread, so it's like really thick. It like, comes out like a Sicilian, like a little... Uh, Sicilian personal pan pizza yeah. sort of thing. It's crazy. It's really, really good. Nice. Uh, yeah, that shows a lot of fun. And what's their motto? They have a tagline. It's like good food and bad taste or yeah. poor taste, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, very enjoyable, and they've only done twenty something 22, episodes. Twenty two, I think, yeah. just came out. Yeah, very. Yeah. It's still a very fresh show. There's, they still have the enthusiasm and. Um, ideology of uh, young podcasters. It's very, very cute to watch. Well, and it's the only one that I'm listening to right now that has anything to do with food. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that they can, especially Elliot, can explain it in such a way that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it might bum you out. Yes. In terms of some of the things they may talk some about. Some of the, yeah. So, for example, he was talking about how the meat that they get at Orlando Meats mm-hmm. is tested at the farm, mm-hmm. right. uh, you know, Locally once every other sourced, month right. from, for, um, E. coli mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So in theory, you could eat the raw chicken and the raw pork. Right. Uh, and he does. Yeah, because he's a carnivore. Right. Yes. And he actually cooks his chicken to be like, um, uh, you know, rare or medium rare. He'll go ahead and cook it. Yeah. Rare, yeah. Because and he knows like, he can. That is, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I just, there's this bias in my head that says, oh no, that's going to kill me. Yes, because when you go to these commercial places where they deal with so many pieces of meat, they and have you hear their, all the stories. You got to cook this well done. So make yep. sure you kill everything in there because we're not taking the time to to make sure it's clean on our end. You know, because that's a uh, oh that'd be too cost inefficient. Got to save money somehow. So I wanted to ask you, um, and we'll get into the challenges of podcasting. That's one of the things I wanted to okay, talk to sure. you about. There's yeah. a lot that happened this weekend too, so I don't want to take any of the wind out of your sails as far as like stuff you have coming on on your show, but. Mm-hmm. Holy guacamole! Uh, comic uh, Comic Con, yeah, yeah, had some amazing news. Yeah, so I did want to talk a little bit about that. And just in the last couple of days, it was over the weekend. Breaking news yeah. over the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think we need to like. I just need to talk to somebody about Phase Four for a few minutes. Sure, and yeah, then I can do that. so Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, absolutely. But before we get there, so mm-hmm. one of my favorite genres of podcasting mm-hmm. was the read a story genre and like have somebody react so that's uh my favorite murder mm. the dollop i don't know if you listen gotcha. to yeah. any of those yeah, yeah, yeah. so one of them that was really good that's no longer around is public domain theater and so what they would do is find a short story that mm. was in the public domain mm. read it okay and then have two comedians react okay wow. really funny good, good show you could go back and listen to that okay um but again they ended that the issue that i had and i think the dollop faced this uh once or twice mm 
is that many times they're just copying and pasting from websites, often Wikipedia, but other ones as well. Mm -hmm. They're not rewriting the story. And sure. for some reason, that, that just bothered me. Almost like uh, how drunk history, they have them retell the story. They'll learn a story and then yeah, retell yeah. it, and then they just so, add the drunken factor to it. Right. So that I don't mind as much because if you're retelling it, again, if you're, and I would imagine they're, just because they're on TV mm -hmm. for that one, they're not going to be... They're not going to want to be accused of plagiarism or anything, so they're going to actually script it accordingly. Yeah, exactly. They're not just ripping the Wikipedia page off. Yeah, of yeah. Which yeah, is what is these the, other people a, are doing. So, yeah. as a podcaster, mm -hmm. as a producer, what did you? So, if somebody approached you with a show like that, mm -hmm. and you like, I don't know if you care for that genre. If you listen to My Favorite Murder or The Dollar, uh, it, 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 it's a it's a fine. I mean, yeah, podcasting can be anything we want it to be. How would I approach it? What yeah, I want someone so to as like a producer. What would you say to something like that? I think I would prefer the the method of having someone familiarize themselves with the story and maybe have notes and for bullet points, things you want to make sure you get right, but right. then tell the story that way as opposed to just sitting there and reading something that's pre-scripted anyway. Yeah. If we're going to be reading something that's scripted, like wholly scripted, I would prefer it to be in a way that's... Um, if it's not a news show because uh, our, our, the Daily City, our news program is yeah. a scripted program because it's a news thing. So he's sure. reading news. Um, yeah. So that's a different. And then his Orlando Opinions program that Mark Baratelli does is off the top of his head. He doesn't really write a script for that. And you can tell when you listen to them, they're, they're different. One has more energy than the other. So I would prefer to have the energy and take away that pre-written thing. The only way it would be pre-written is if you're doing like... Um, like an old-timey radio where you're actually doing a produced thing. Yeah, like thing. a full script. Yes, and there's like sound War effects. The and, yeah, thing, exactly. Yeah. Like an audible book type yeah. of thing. That's the way I would like to... Only way I would really want to script something out. Otherwise... But Mark's reading his own stuff, right? Like yes. he's not reading... You know, he doesn't go to the like the Channel 2 Correct. website and read stories off of there. Correct. He's writing things throughout the week on his Instagram, The Daily City, and then he pulls from that to make yeah. his script for the show, and then he reads that. So it's his own words that he's reading. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, there's still even a different energy too when you're reading something versus when you're just talking it out. Yeah, and then just to take someone else's stuff wholesale and then just to read it like that, even without even giving them credit too, would be even um, just straight up dicey, you know? Yeah, I think so. Bad, as well. bad ethics, bad podcasting ethics. Okay, yeah. So let's tell let's coming down hard against uh, right no, Wikipedia reading. Look, this is what we're gonna do on this show. <laughs> yeah, and that's on, a, and that's a half measure too. You should have seen me at a hundred percent. Oh boy, what. Well, it is odd numbers. So it's we odd numbers, do, and it's pi approximation it's, day. It's so. pi approximation day. Hey, you know what else mm -hmm. is today? It's a big movie anniversary. It is July twenty second. Twenty second. That's the anniversary. I'll give you the year. Okay, nineteen fifty nine. A very infamous movie premiered. Um, you got me on this one. Okay, sixtieth anniversary. It was originally yeah. called Grave Robbers from Outer Space. Grave Robber, uh, Plan B from Plan uh, 9 Plan from 9, Space. the yeah. Ed Wood movie, Plan yeah, 9. Yeah, so it came out today. I've never actually, I don't know if I've ever actually watched Plan 9. I've seen Ed Wood. Ed Wood, yeah, yeah. of course. And that's, uh, you know, one of the Tim Burton movies that I actually like. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's his most simple one. It's just a biopic. Yep. There's nothing too kooky about it, uh, aside from Ed Wood himself. Um, yeah, I've never actually watched off Plan 9. So it came back up in the 80s, I think, is when it got its cult status. That makes sense. When somebody, VHS. Yeah, yeah. When somebody awarded it like a terrible, whatever the Razzies were. The oh, 1980s. worst movie ever made yeah, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and also the 170th anniversary of the birth of Emma Lazarus. 
she wrote uh, The New Colossus, the poem that's on the Statue of Liberty. Oh, wow. So give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. It's a really good poem, and it was, uh, uh, you know, the fact that it was written by a woman, it was added to the Statue of Liberty afterwards Mm. and has become such a such a part of it, right? Like right. it's become the defining thing or theme yeah. of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it really speaks to the message of what yeah. it's supposed to mean and all that. And uh, absolutely, yeah. That's and really just a little cool. trivia for you. Yes. She wrote it mm-hmm. as a part of a um, fundraiser. So they auctioned that poem off so that they could buy the pedestal. What do you mean auctioned it off? It she lo- wrote, Yeah, so they were having an auction to try to raise money. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so <laughs> they asked her to write a poem right. about the thing. So they auctioned the poem off. The, uh, really? Yeah. You can do that? You can auction off a poem? Yeah. You can auction off anything. Well, I guess so. I mean, Wu-Tang, you're wearing a Wu-Tang shirt. Didn't they uh, mm. do an auction for one of their albums? For one for one album, for one copy of one album. Yeah. Don't know where that exists. And then it went to Farmer Bro, Ugh. Martin Screlly. So, yeah. Yeah. That was a bad idea. Yeah, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back with more of Chris Crespo. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was just thinking about the, the Lion King, mm. I'm not sure how that is or if I want, ever want to see it. Uh, let's play Sam Roberts. Lions of the Kalahari from Love at the End of the World on WPRK, Wonder Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Maria and Kevin Ruiz were on the show way back in June of 2018, episode number 95. They are delightful, and they are also the husband and wife team behind the Peruvian pop-up dining experience called Papa Lama. If exploring a culture through food is your thing, you need to try them out. If good food is your thing, you certainly need to try them out. They have tasting dinners coming up. They have special events. They also do pop-ups at East End Market, Red Light, Red Light, a bunch of other places. Follow them on Facebook and go to papalama, that's with two L's, dot C-O. Now back to the show. Sam Roberts on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was The Lions of the Kalahari from the 2009 album. Wow, now 10 years old. Love at the End of the World. Good morning. Speaking of love at the end of the world, you're listening to Odd Numbers. My name is Nick from 7 to 9 a.m. I get to talk with a special guest every week, and this is one of those occasions. That sounds accurate. Chris Crespo is here. Hey, Chris. How's it going? If you want to listen to a little bit more of Chris, Mm -hmm. uh, his show is Cinema Crespediso. You can find that at Mm cinemacrespediso.com, at Mm pftmedia.com, or anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, available on all of those things. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. there's a bunch, too, that sound like made-up words, like (laughs) CastBox and... Pod... Pod box, pod catch, pod, pod, potter. Yeah, it's all Harry Potter. Any version of those apps, <laughs> uh, just do a search and the show will pop up. Uh, and also all the other shows on cinema or on, on uh, PFT, PFT Media. Yeah, yes. sure, sure. Yeah, those other stuff there. People can check it out if they want. They don't have to. So you are a cinemaphile. Yes. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you about, you not only watch movies, but you watch TV and everything else. So your show I, I runs, the gamut, yeah, sure, runs the yeah. gamut of uh, different pop culture. Like to read, we talk about podcasting too and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sure, absolutely. So today's show is really about podcasting, Yeah, but we're going to talk about other things That's as well cool. because uh, Comic-Con just happened. Big deal. And so a lot of things came out and some stuff that I didn't think I'd be excited about, I was excited about. Mm-hmm. And some things that I didn't even know were coming out. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I was pretty psyched about. So can we just dive into the MCU real Yes, quick? we can. Absolutely. So phase four. Big we announcement. Can't do, yeah, we can't yeah. do any spoilers for Spider-Man, sure. which just came out. Still so theaters. we'll leave that mm-hmm. alone for now. But okay. yeah, phase four. So in 2020, we're going to get... And here's the thing now. They're putting their TV shows, which will be on Disney Plus, yes. on the calendar as well. I found that interesting. That was really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, next year, uh, we're going to get the Black Widow movie yep. and the Eternals movie. That's the only two movies that they're actually putting out. I think that's part of why they added the series to the list. Right, because there wasn't much, unless they're going to announce something else, because I don't see... And this only runs through 2021. Correct, because there are movies missing. That right. You would presume that would be on there. Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. Volume 3 isn't Black there. Black Panther 2. Right. Yep. Uh, so Captain Marvel 2. Right now, the other thing that's coming out next year is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So it'll be Bucky yep. and uh, Sam, yep. and, the adventures of. And Sam will be uh, doing the whole Captain America thing in yep. that one. They've already confirmed. Uh, they go into a few recent comic book storylines for Phase 4, which is very interesting. And that's yeah. one of them. Yeah. So I think what's interesting about that to me about the Disney Plus is they're going to be trying stuff out. Mm-hmm. Seeing if it works and mm-hmm. then potentially making a movie later on. Yeah, it's a good training ground, playing ground for them. Or even they could just give it the movie treatment, but yeah. put it on the plus. That's how they get some of these actors to even agree to come back to play these roles. Because it's like, well, now it's more focused on me and I get to play with it a little more over the course of six or eight hours instead of just, you know, one or two. Right. I can see the appeal for certain people to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Black Widow, which will be uh, obviously set in the past. Yes, it's a prequel. So an action movie. Yeah. And I'm hoping it, you know, maybe if they just take it and I wanted to get your opinion on this, I would like to see something that's completely taken out of the MCU altogether, almost Mm -hmm. where it's just like, we don't do a prequel where we have to set up uh, other things that happen. Like Mm -hmm. there's no necessarily like how Nick Fury got his eye gouged out or anything like that. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be like a just Captain a sta- Marvel Just a standalone story. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I think it would be... I don't know what the approach they are going to take exactly. I would hope that it's just a cool, fun Black Widow story that I'm surprised it's their first movie of Phase 4. I think the kerfuffle with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume mm-hmm. 3 being pushed, I bet you that was supposed to be the Early re-entry. On, yeah. And uh, with that whole thing going down, that got re- pushed off at least a couple years now. It yeah, because he's working on Suicide Squad. Yeah, exactly. So it's so, going to take him a while to get back to it. And they have to let him honor that uh, agreement that he made with Warner Brothers, which yep. must chap Disney's hide, but it's business, right? So uh, it's an interesting choice to make for it. It's a prequel. Uh, it's It can't really build on other stuff, right? Uh, at least if it, if it does, it's going to feel forced and awkward, which is it's, what you were just talking exactly. about. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's an interesting uh, re-entry into the Marvel Universe. I'm looking forward to seeing how they pull it off, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then the Eternals, which I think will be interesting. I'm curious because I thought, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know the Guardians of the Galaxy would be good. I didn't think going into it would be good. So I didn't even think to, it would be popular. I thought yeah. people would be like, what is this Guardians with the with the fat guy from uh, Parks and Rec? Get out of here. <laughs> And then it broke box office records yeah. when it came out. It was a big deal. So, so I have some level of faith got in them doing that. To, but yeah. uh, And I'm always good with sort of a sci-fi yeah, kind of bent to it. It's like it. sci-fi yeah. mythology, yep. mythological space stuff. And uh, it's Angelina Jolie. And um, 
one of the dudes, one of the the dead Starks from Game of Thrones. Yep, you have to have one of the. You got to have one of the Starks yeah. these days, and uh, this actually has a very interesting cast. That Eternals movie, like people you wouldn't think would be in a, in a Marvel in movie, yeah. a, this kind of stuff, and the, yep. but they're like all in this one, so that would be interesting. Uh, so for 2021, we've mm-hmm. got Shang Chi. Uh, which will be yep. neat because we know that Iron Fist didn't do well right. on Netflix, but uh, Marvel has a number of other Asian and Asian American characters that are out there, yes. so they found one to do. And they're using this one to Curious reintroduce uh, the Mandarin. They're going to yep. redo the Mandarin, and that's going to be played by Tony Lung, who is a fantastic uh, uh, Chinese actor. He was in Hero, and uh, he's on a bunch of Wong Kar Wai movies, like In the Mood for Love. If you saw this guy's face, you if you, you know, know it. yeah, you yeah. may recognize him because yep. he's one of the more popular actors in the world. Just one of those things where in America, people don't really know who he is. But he's great. He's going to be uh, the Mandarin. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we also get Doctor Strange in 2021. The full title of that is? The Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's a, a wild, pulpy, like, like crazy it. title. Let's, do. Let's go horror yeah. let's go full horror with him because that i think works which is the idea scott derrickson the director is a horror director he makes movies like uh the last exorcism of emily rose and stuff like that so he wants to bring his horror stuff into the mcu and they're gonna let him Love because it. dr strange was a success so like yeah. all right you can you can push the boundaries a little bit with this one uh and even before i get to so one other movie before i get to the four shows that'll be premiering in 2021 yes that's uh, wild. thor love and thunder uh, another amazing pulpy title. Yep. And then the logo looks straight up like He-Man, Masters of the Universe, 80s metal. Like, 100%. It's so, so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And uh, Taika Waititi's coming back, and he's a, a genius, I think. I'm pretty sure the guy's a genius because yeah. everything he does is amazing. Is really, really good. Yeah. And I don't know. This isn't a spoiler because they've announced this. So mm. Natalie Portman is coming back. Yes. Huge and, news. and she's doing again. She'll be playing. Well, she'll be playing mm-hmm. uh, female Thor. Yes, which, which again goes with the comic book storyline. They did a thing recently where yeah. Jane Foster, her character, was uh, deemed worthy to wield Mjolnir and uh, became Lady Thor. And uh, they were straight out with this one, like, "This is what we're doing. We're getting Lady Thor in this one." And then Tessa Thompson was like, um, she made an announcement at Comic Con, was like, "Since I'm coming back, uh, this king has to find her queen." So she's yep. all about uh, exploring that avenue of the valkyrie character and then i'll be interested in seeing what they do with uh thor after thor himself, uh, yeah, yeah. Thor, with the way they they left them off in the last one it's gonna be very interesting to see yeah. what they do with that another reinvention of the character i'm sure is uh in order because that's the only way chris hemsworth has been back on board with this after the first two thor movies and avengers movies he was oh, really he was like he was bored with it he's like i don't even think no one even likes my my movies and this character is boring and then watiti came along and turned him into like hey bro things are awesome dude and he he loves it now yeah so he's all about uh, uh messing around with that character what well, has to be one of the best movies it is now yeah. oh my goodness maybe top it's two ragnarok top two or three yeah. so good crazy good uh, okay, so and then 2021, we also get one, two, three, four television shows on Disney+. That's, Plus. In, that's insane. Well, and I, I love this idea of all the competing streaming services mm-hmm. because they have to put out good content. It is now survival of the fittest. Yeah. Uh, Apple is dumping a billion dollars and they're getting Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey to provide their content. Yeah, yep. it is. Uh, Netflix is kind of shaking in their boots a little bit these a days, little actually. Bit, yeah. yeah. What do you think of the idea of just going from one to the other monthly? So do Netflix for a month. Yes. Binge everything you want to see mm-hmm. there. 
do Hulu, mm-hmm. do Disney, do CBS. I am, I am a proponent of that idea. <laughs> yes, uh, have your accounts set up and then shut them off when you don't need them. When Handmaid's Tale Season 4 comes back, you reactivate your you Hulu. You go there, yeah. And you watch that and then it's done. You, you shut it off and you move on to something else. Because, yeah, you don't want to be spending... Eight to fifteen dollars every month for everything. You're not going to use it all. No, you're for no. sure not going to use yeah. it all. Yeah. That's uh, a great so idea. the four shows are One Division, mm-hmm. which will also, I would assume, be a prequel. No, they said it's it takes place after Avengers Endgame, which makes no sense. Zero sense. <laughs> Zero sense. So they have plans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that. But goes. then the, the artwork, the conceptual artwork for it, has them shown in like a 1950s noir setting. Oh, okay. So who knows what's going on? So what kind of alternate reality multiverse maybe yeah, going on? Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. It, this is after Doctor Strange and the multiverse stuff. It is right around the same time. So yeah, it, so it, it could it, launch that. It could be some sort of multiverse deal. Uh, Loki, we know maybe sort of survived in Endgame. It's for sure. And from, so that TV show is coming out. It's the Loki that disappeared with the Tesseract. With for people who don't haven't seen these movies, the, these sentences will make no sense. <laughs> but it is the it is the 2012 Loki who disappeared with the original Tesseract that they were right. trying to steal during the time heist, and uh, that he just disappears. You never see him again in the movie. Yeah, that's the show. The show's about that Loki bouncing around space and time with the Tesseract. Right, which then means it also erases all those subsequent movies worth of character development. So now he's no longer has that edge of being an antihero good guy. Now he's just back being the 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 god awful. of mischief and yep. an awful person, and it should be fun. I, I love that. Yeah. And Hiddleston is back for that. Like, everybody's back for these. Yes. Uh, Hawkeye, they announced he'll be uh, training Kate Bishop. Yes, which is uh, a popular is character. Wonderful, wonderful storyline, too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, What If, I'm kind of excited about. That's going to be wild. Animated show. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is Owatu the Watcher. And then they said they got over 25 original actors back to voice the characters, the characters yeah. uh, in different stories. And they've already confirmed for sure they're bringing back uh, Michael B. Jordan for a Killmonger episode. Uh, so that's That'll gonna, be so good. That's going to be great. So that's a comic book line that started, Stanley started it back mm-hmm. in the day because he wanted to ask the question, you know, uh, just what if yeah. something had happened that mm-hmm. was a little bit different? Yeah, what if uh, a big storyline that everyone knows turned out a yep. different way? And then what if what's this character had died? Mm-hmm. What if this person had been evil? Yeah. What if... Uh, etc cetera, etc cetera. i love those kind of stories yeah. even dc did fun stories like that oh yeah there yeah. was the red sun which was superman yeah, and superman soviet crashed in the soviet yeah that's yep. amazing that's an amazing like oh man that would yeah that would suck <laughs> all right so now that we've you know we've spent way too much time on the mcu uh just real quick some other things that were happening the harley quinn cartoon for dc for the DC streaming service yeah. that's R-rated. Yes, uh, an adult series. Yeah. yeah, you watch the trailer. It's uh, It gets pretty graphic and in they terms already, of the language. They're already the, doing like uh, Titans. Uh, the yeah. show is for adults. You know, their yep. curse on that ends a very violent show. So it's interesting that DC is like, we're going to be the... Uh, the R-rated version of what Marvel's doing over there. We're yeah. going to cater to the adults more. Very interesting. Uh, and then three things I wasn't thinking that I was going to be as excited about mm-hmm. as I was when I saw the... Um, the trailer. Now, this was, I should probably have assumed I was going to be excited about it, but Star Trek Picard. Mm. It looks like a lot of fun. It does. It's Patrick Stewart. It, and he's, he's, he's adventuring. So yeah. I thought it was just going to be like this character study of him sitting in his vineyard and being sad yeah. and, and ruminating on the past. But he's adventuring. He's going out there. Yeah, it looks fun. Yeah. It's, and there was Patrick some. Stewart, he's if so great. You like Star Trek at all, you should go watch the trailer because there are some reveals, some mm. interesting, very interesting reveals For as far fans. as who's in it. For sure. Um, Watchmen. Interesting trailer. I watched that last night, that trailer. Yeah. Yep. I'm so. very skeptical of this whole 
uh, come up with a sequel to the to the Watchmen, you know, designed to be a, a, a one-off thing. They've been trying to create prequels and sequels to it now for a number of years, since the movie, really, in well, 2009. And, and, yeah, and so what happened was, so this was written in the 80s. It was very 80s. Yes. Like the actual comic book. Yes. I remember collecting this when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and it blowing me away in terms of, its take on superheroes. Yeah, and the, and the genre in general. Yep. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. um, so, and what happened with it was, yeah, you're right. They've been trying for years to get it back. So they've yeah. done some prequels yep. uh, in the comic books. They've actually tried to integrate the characters in the regular DC universe. Yeah, with the whole Dr. Manhattan, like erasing 10 years worth of DC history, which conceptually, I love that idea, but, but uh, it's like wild how they're really, really yeah. trying to fold everyone in. Right. Yeah. Um, so for this to happen, and I, I didn't mind the movie. I thought the movie's only issue was that it was so true to the comic book mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the exception of the ending being a little bit different that they had to simplify it a bit they yeah they had to get rid of the island of artists and all that stuff yeah yeah, and yeah. yeah sure um but the idea of it was still having it set in the 80s mm -hmm. still having the richard nixon connection yeah, like right the alternate universe it would have been so interesting to it would have been so interesting to update that which they tr that's what they tried to do before that they had yeah. other versions of the screenplay before the oh, 2009 really? one yeah uh, a bunch of people tried to change all sorts of things around uh, terry gilliam at one point was attached uh, to that, it yeah. and a lot of it was set in like modern day stuff and then Zack Snyder was the one who was like, no, guys, we have the book here. Here's your storyboards. Let's just shoot the book. And then, for better or worse, that, that's what happened there. I'm a big fan of the the Watchmen movie. But uh, with the series, yeah, I mean, it's an update. It's new ideas. I'm also uh, skeptical because it's Damon Lindelof, mm -hmm. who uh, I was never a fan of Lost. Uh, most of his uh, CV I am not too big on. Uh, I couldn't get into The Leftovers. Um, I like Prometheus, but that's more of a really Scott thing. So I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it with an open heart and an open mind, but I'm also going to be skeptical. About and an open thing. wallet because you're paying for that. I am paying for it. The HBO <laughs> Go now. Which one am I paying for? One of them. I'm not sure. Uh, and then, you know what? I, I, I don't want to like this one, but mm. it looks interesting. Mm -hmm. It's right in my wheelhouse is Carnival Row. I have not seen that trailer. So it's on Amazon or okay. it will be on Amazon. Orlando Bloom and Kara... So, yeah, sort of this mashup of it's the industrial age in London, but there's mm. also Starting mythological city. characters. Ooh. So there's fairies. Okay. There are uh, centaurs, mm. satyrs, or however you pronounce that. So, so it's like that, that movie Bright, but set in like 1880s London. Yep. Okay. And hopefully significantly better. Significantly better. Like it would be difficult not to be. It, the Bright was pretty bad. They're even <laughs> making a sequel where it's like, well, this has to be better than the... Uh, well, you no. Know. Bright 2, it's got to be. <laughs> Bright 2, <laughs> yeah. Electro Boogaloo. Yeah. Bright 2, yeah. Search for Curly's Gold. It's going to be better than the first one. Um, that sounds fun. It sounds like they're uh, mythological creatures like living amongst them maybe is that a new zeitgeisty thing we have a pixar movie coming out onward yep and that's all about like uh what if the world of mythological beasts just advanced along with us and now they have like airplanes and and paper boys and stuff i think it's an interesting it's an interesting storyline but it's so difficult as we saw with mm. uh bright to right. tell oh, it boy boy like because what does how if these have always been around like 
do we have everything that happened in the Bible, but differently? Yeah, or, how does you that, know, how does it play out side by yeah. side? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think with something yeah. like District Nine or Alien Nation, mm-hmm. which are both great movies, like the fact that they appeared yes. and there was an integration. Yes, that like, is much do, different. Do that. It's much better than trying to figure out uh, side by side evolution. Yeah. yeah. Because now you're doing a lot of work there to try to figure things out. Yeah. It's a butterfly effect. Because you and I are going to question everything they do in that sense. You, you got to at that point. It's like, what is, what is this? <laughs> Why? None of this like, makes any sense. I have very specific questions about Bright, but we don't definitely don't have to get into that right now for sure. Well, if you like this type of conversation, I would definitely recommend listening to Cinema Chris Bediso. Yes. Chris is great. Uh, Drew is fantastic. Thank and you. they have a rotating uh, cast of guests that come on. Yeah, almost weekly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so talking about different things that are going on within the cinema universe, mm-hmm. but not only that, but pop culture, streaming services. Yep. One of the things you guys are talking about right now, because you and Drew love the show so much, is Legion, right? Oh, weekly. On a weekly basis, we're talking about it for a couple minutes. And if you, that's another thing where if you don't watch the show, listening to us talk about Legion for two minutes must be befuddling. Because we're just like, <laughs> we're just like time demons. It's collapsing. What, none of this makes any sense. And like, where are these guys even talking about? It's, it's a wild, wild show. I love it so much. It's brilliant probably yeah yeah and i will say too that you know most of the time you're going to be hearing some spoiler free reviews of movies which is fantastic yes we try to keep it as spoiler free for new movies and theaters spoiler free as possible and then if you want to if you feel like listening to more and also getting sort of the spoilery episodes Mm -hmm. uh you're on patreon that is right people don't have to go there but it's available out there for people to check out if they wish to and uh you can just go to uh chriscresswell.com and you'll find some like samples in there that type yeah. of thing that people can check out for well, sure. i like having that balance too of the content that you're producing yeah you know you have that balance of the stuff that you're producing every week mm-hmm. just like you've always have been you've been doing that for years yeah and then trying to come up with more evergreen yeah. content that could people could then revisit down the road if they want to yeah. uh, that's what we're trying to do with the other stuff on the side so yeah yeah trying to trying to keep a good balance for sure very nice well, let's listen to a song. Yes. Uh, I want to be sedated, basically, thinking about all the things that are coming up for uh, <laughs> from Comic-Con. Yeah. I wouldn't mind being sedated until a lot of these come out. So, so they should just, watch just them wake all. up to them? Yeah. yeah. Now we have to wait six to eight months for all these things. That might actually be a good bad business idea is just like the MCU sedation there experience. The, the hibernation, MCU hibernation camp where you want to wake yeah. up in time, just in time for uh, Shang-Chi. We got you. Just like they did with Bucky. When he wasn't sure how if he could go. control himself, you can get the we get the Winter Soldier treatment. That's what. There you go. That's levels. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Winter Soldier. Two Winter Soldiers, please. Two Winter Soldiers. One, one Winter Soldier. Two Winter Soldiers. Two. That'll be two Winter Soldiers. It's a bogo. It's a bogo right now. It, it, right now, it, it, we have a group on Winter Soldier group on. Uh, you and a whole group of your friends can be put to cryo sleep until uh, Wandavision. The Ramones. <laughs> I want to be sedated on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. there listening to this podcast what day is it the day you went into your podcast provider of choice and subscribed to this podcast and maybe even left a rating or review i know you hate being asked this as much as i hate asking it's the podcast equivalent of an npr silent drive i will thank you personally though if you take the time to do that i will bestow gifts on you i will leave an honest honest rating or review and I will send you a typewritten letter with a bonus of some kind. Now, back to the show. The Ramones on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I want to be sedated. Good morning. My name is Nick. It's Monday morning, and uh, you're getting up. You're going to work. 
you're maybe not going to work, but you're getting up and you're thinking about things. Great. That's exactly what we want you to do. Mm -hmm. This is Odd Numbers. My name is Nick. Uh, My special guest this week is Chris Crespo. Chris was on last year, October-ish? Yes, the the sun was still, it was still dark at 70. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to listen to that, you can go to a website called toacertaindegree.com. You can look that up. Mm -hmm. That's where all my shows are. They turn into podcasts in about a week. So this will be up uh, next Tuesday or so. Nice. And you can listen to that and us if you missed any of the conversation today. So we're talking... Movies, mm-hmm. because Chris does a wonderful podcast called Cinema Chris Badiso. Thank you. Uh, we are talking about podcasting in general. Yep. Uh, because Chris has been doing it for a while. So it went really from doing some radio mm-hmm. to figuring out, I think fairly early on, this whole podcasting thing. Sort of, yeah. The uh, radio was from uh, 2011. I started Radio 2011 on SBK Live, and then uh, I think it was 2011, maybe 2010, whenever Inception came out. Like a week sure. after, a week after Inception came out was when I started. Uh, on. I like how that is your. Those are all the basis for time yeah, for you. I think because I think that was the first movie I reviewed. Uh, it was oh, possible nice. when I called in. I was like, oh, I just saw it. it was possible. Uh, I have that memory for some reason. <laughs> um, but then yeah, I started podcasting January 2013, and for sure I was like, what, 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 I don't know what to do. I had to ask some people and uh, what equipment to get, and I definitely set everything up wrong i could have just used Lipson or whatever but like i set up my own website and paint for my own server stuff and that was all stupid but now i'm paying for those prices uh six years later still doing it still got my own thing going on so let me ask you some of the challenges so you've lived it like yes. going through and you've tried a bunch of different things right Absolutely. so you were doing um you were doing written reviews on your website for a while do you, st- you don't that's still was, do that yeah that's what i was doing first i started that in 2009 and then yeah a few years ago i was like yeah i have less time for this and i'm getting less out of it than i used to you're doing the podcast yeah, and that's do- what people are interacting with yeah so i change it more to like yeah. audio reviews now yeah. instead of written reviews so i'm i'm putting that writing energy to other stuff so just some of the, the challenges that you've had, what would you say to somebody that's just starting out? Like, what would you, what would your advice be mm-hmm. or what would your level of expectations be? Well, for someone first starting out, I would say uh, it's super exciting when you first started out probably. So uh, take it slow. You know, don't try to cram everything into your first episode or your first few episodes. Uh, and uh, also keep your expectations in check, you know, unless you already have a very significant following online from something else, another medium. Don't expect immediate success. Uh, don't expect any sort of success at all for, for a good while unless you catch on. I mean, um, it's funny you've seen how many shows pop up, do a few months, and then fade off, fade and out right away. And, yeah. then, and you know it's because they're seeing the numbers. Like, how come only 40 people are downloading? It's well because you're frankly a nobody and you're just a rando person on the internet who thinks that people should be listening to you for whatever reason and um it, it's very strange that the entitlement that people get they think someone i just saw this online someone had a new york times profile written about them how this uh 20 year old something young lady her and her friend uh they were trying to they started a podcast it was like an advice podcast and i think they had another and a vice column, at least they were coming from some world, but they were trying to translate into a podcast and then they expected immediate success with affiliate deals and advertising and all this stuff. Yeah. And then when they didn't get it within like two months, they abandoned it. They did like six episodes and then they abandoned it and they're like, oh, it was a lot harder than we thought it would be. And then the New York Times wrote a profile about them. It makes no sense. It's uh, 
Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, a little bit weird. But it is weird. But that's, that's it's a cautionary tale. And that's the entitlement world we live in where people are like, just because I bought a microphone and I bought a Lipson account, I expect people to flock to my opinions and then I expect people to give me money, give me money for all of this stuff when, no, it does not work that way at all. Not even close. So after 340 episodes, mm-hmm. you've evolved. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> right? We'll try but, to, yeah. I mean, you've, you, your voice has also changed. You found it. You know, I don't know how well, true, yeah. well you yeah. know, like if I were to listen to episode one versus episode It'd be, it would sound different, yeah. 340, yeah. Yeah, not as good, for sure. So one of the things yeah. that I found, like early on, I was doing a lot of uh, scraping out when I was doing the podcast version mm-hmm. of the ums and ahs. Oh, for Right, yeah, whether it was real. me or my guest, like that was a lot of to people, an extent like embarrassing to me. A lot of people do that. I, uh, yeah. It's it's the way we speak, uh, and especially when you're doing it when we do it a, a live show. And it's a live conversation. I leave all that stuff in because I feel like it really helps the listener to feel like they're in the room with us and they're really listening in on the conversation. Uh, and I understand editing things down and and you know cleaning yeah. things up for sure. But you can also do it to a point where it sounds overly produced, and then for sure, and then it doesn't. You may not be getting the effect you want unless that is what do you want. Unless you wanted to sound like a a sixty minutes segment. You know, you wanted to sound like a news program, in which case, hey, get all those ums and uhs out of there. That's not professional. But I think that's part of learning to understand the medium and mm-hmm. learning to understand what, you know, a conversation sounds like. Sure. Because a lot of times we're used to conversations sounding like very produced, very scripted. It's true. Because they are. Because that's what we're hearing yeah. in media. But then if you go out somewhere to a bar and you listen to two people talking, it's a lot of people shouting at each other and talking over each other right. and, you know, not like this conversation, like this conversation right yeah. here, uh, not listening to the other person, but instead waiting for him to finish speaking. So then I can get my point out, you know, right. regardless of what the other person says. I'll then also hear that, though, in uh, interviews like, quote, professional interviews. I hear that. Oh, God. it's the most frustrating. Thing it is frustrating me. when someone has their preloaded question. Yeah. And instead of they get a great answer and instead of. Oh, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? Digging into it. They're waiting to answer their own question. Yes, usually. They're yeah. waiting to jump into the next thing. Yeah. It's very annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That was something that my therapist told me very early on in the process. So maybe that's a piece of advice is if you have a therapist, mm-hmm. have them listen to your podcast <laughs> and give you some advice because she said, you're not being present. You're not listening. Uh-huh. And so do that more. And I felt like now I'm, a, I'm I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the best interviewer, but I'm okay. Pretty good. Interviewing's a skill. You got to learn it over time. I think you're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. Oh, thanks, Chris. That's also a great idea to have have your therapist listen to your podcast. 100%. People will say more real things on a podcast than they will to their family members or to their friends. Uh, They'd rather spill out everything to strangers. So just give your therapist your podcast and and send me back an evaluation of of what I need to do. That might actually be a good business idea is... Because it's very hard to get critical information. Mm-hmm. It's it's very hard to ask for a critique and get something honest from your friends and family. Very true. Yes. Because they're going to say, oh, no, no, I listened to it. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you know, you're like, I can see who listened to it and you did not. Yes. Yeah. Nobody's downloaded this episode. So no you one did not listen. You to live this. in you live in Wyoming. <laughs> no one listened to this in Wyoming. I know you're lying to me. Yes. So that would be interesting if we just signed up to, or you signed up to have us listen to and give you a professional sort of critique. So we of give your you podcast. not only a professional critique, but also we use our therapy background to then give a, a, a psych eval. Yeah. So then it becomes uh, like therapy for agoraphobes, where you don't actually have to leave 
leave your house or meet someone, we can do uh, therapy by proxy via this your... This is a wonderful idea. Is, we're full of business ideas Yeah, today. man. But so full of it. Between this and the winter soldier treatment, we're going to be <laughs> rolling in dough by the end of the week. Uh, speaking of which, just one last thing before we uh, cut to break. First hour's already over. Wow, crazy. Yeah, it goes fast yeah. when you have two brilliant uh, bearded men. Or orators going yeah. at it. Yes, early in the morning. In what Park. about the cost? Like if I was going to start it up mm -hmm. right now, sure. you know, what would you say is a, uh, you know, and I'm, uh, let's say I'm relatively serious. I'm going to do it for a year mm -hmm. and see how much should I spend? Um, on like equipment, really? On equipment, hosting? Uh, you're looking equipment wise. If you want to keep it really simple, you can just get an MP3, like handheld MP3 Zoom, uh, Zoom recorder. That's like a good one with... Inputs for microphones is mm -hmm. going to run you like uh, 300 bucks brand new. You could probably get a used one for 200 Pawn shops are a great location for uh, used audio equipment. Uh, pawn shops by full sale are even better. <laughs> even better for, for gently used electronic equipment. Um, a couple hundred bucks on that and a, a couple hundred bucks on good microphones and decent cables. You're talking maybe... Some headphones. And some headphones. Probably 500 bucks all in to be able to record two people or three people at a time. That's pretty good. And then if you just use uh, like Libsyn or Blueberry or mm -hmm. any of these hosting uh, services, um, if you keep your file sizes low enough, you can get away with like 10 bucks a month. On these things, uh, maybe closer to fifteen, depending on what kind of stats you want to get back, because they throw stats in there to yeah. to monkey with you. But uh, yeah, so it's relatively inexpensive, which is why so many people can do it. Get into yeah. it. I would definitely recommend at least having decent equipment if you're going to start something up. Don't just uh, set your phone down in the middle of a room and hit record and expect people to listen to, to audio garbage. I feel like that's the number one thing that turns people off from like, bad sound you like the topic, you like the person, mm -hmm. you know, if it sounds bad, they're not going to listen. It's an audio medium. It's the one thing I expect that for it to sound yeah. good. And if you can't even do that, oh, well then what are we, what are we here for? Let's leave it at that. ChrisCrespo.com. You can find yes. everything out about Chris. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be back for another hour in a moment for some commercials. And then we'll hear a song. How about some uh, Old Crow Medicine Show? Nice. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Orlando on a Wednesday, specifically August 14th. This is why I love Orlando. So this is what's happening. Eugene Stoughton's 10 Pints of Truth at Little Indies. That's free. Bring Your Own Vinyl at The Nook. That's also free. You've got Gen S at Sac Comedy Lab. That's the best of the Lab Rats. That's only $5. There are open mics at Austin's Coffee and Bull and Bush. Go out, enjoy something on a random Wednesday in Orlando. Now back to the show. Old Crow Medicine Show on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Good morning. My name is Nick. I do this every week. Every week I have a very special guest. I play some music and we generally talk about one topic. Sometimes we go off topic. That's the Odd Numbers format. Chris Crespo is my guest this week. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Nick, and good morning, Florida. How's it going, guys? Hey, is everyone awake out there? there? Is everyone awake? Eh, it's eight. We'll it's see. after eight o'clock. It's you should be awake on by a now. Monday. You know what? Are you a slacker? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're all slackers. 
Uh, so Chris has been on the show before, yes. and one of the reasons I started the odd numbers formats every other week is odd numbers, and then the traditional to a certain degree show mm-hmm. yes. is uh, the alternate weeks, if mm-hmm. you will, um, is to have people back. Yes, revisits. Because otherwise, I'd just be doing the same interview and some new bad business ideas, and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But being able to talk to you and have a little bit of a conversation about podcasting. Yes. About movies. Mm-hmm. About things that you're interested in that are outside of those two things, which is not much. Not much at all. No. no. That's it. That's the extent <laughs> of my uh, my personality. No. Uh, so one of the reasons I wanted to play that is, again, uh, shine some light on PFT Media and the great shows that you have there. So along with doing Cinema Crespediso, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful movie, cinema, pop culture related podcast. Thank you. There is a show on PFT Media, which you are a co-founder and co-producer of. With Steve Etchie. Yep. With Steve Etchie, uh called Offcuts. Yes, our food show uh, hosted by Elliot from uh, Orlando Meats at Recess Pizza. Fantastic uh, food stuff as well as other, uh, again, some pop culture too over there. Yeah, yeah. Again, and I can't say enough good things about it. I've just been really enjoying it. Thank I've you. been doing a lot more long drives, so I've been sort of going through and so finding yeah, yeah. this podcast that I can listen to like four episodes at a time. Nice, with. Yeah. And they do yeah. about 45, 50 minutes. So it's actually uh, a really, really good, good driving length. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I enjoyed that one. So Chris, uh, you've been podcasting, you've been doing radio, you've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of things. And mm-hmm. again, if you want to listen to the full interview with you, you could do that uh, to a certain degree.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see like, do you have any bits or favorite times or events or things that have happened on your show or maybe most embarrassing things that have happened on your show that really Mm -hmm. stick out so thinking about you know the podcaster that might be starting out or that might have been doing this for a while sure you know i think we all have those moments yeah um it's funny you mentioned earlier like going back and like if you had listened to my first episode how would that sound compared to the show now uh, all that stuff is still available at chriscrespo.com, yeah. but I wouldn't necessarily recommend people go back and listen to anything pre like episode, I don't know, at least 13. Give us at least three months to <laughs> to get our feet under ourselves. When you go back and listen to that first episode, uh, the way it starts, you can hear, and I'm just recording in my home. I'd already been on the radio for a couple of years. Yeah. And you can still hear me be like, uh, Welcome to episode one of like nervous, like relax, dude. What? Is, yeah. No one's listening. Chill out. That's okay. So, want some advice for podcasters starting out? Relax. No one is listening. You're playing radio. Uh, no one's gonna hear your first bunch of episodes. Just like shake out the silliness. You know, get all the get all the nerves out there, and uh, just have fun with it. And and don't stress it too much because those those early days, I was way too nervous. I think. Yeah, because yeah, it was my first time hosting something, I think. So it's like, uh, yeah. now it's all on me. I can't just sit back and relax. When you think there's this big responsibility you have to be original and there's this responsibility you have yes. to bring in the listeners mm-hmm. and all that, it's just like, just do it. Just do your thing. Do the show you want to hear and you want to do. And uh, don't even stress too much about what the listeners want to hear. Do the show that you want to hear and then yeah. people may come uh coming on your way like but uh yeah relax early on because i was way too nervous but then like favorite bits i have a whole bunch of favorite bits i've done over the years but then i've always like then you get bored with them then you drop oh them, sure you know sure. uh I'm, i was gonna say one but i'll leave it alone it's eight in the morning it's a little too early for that one uh <laughs> like uh we would do weekly trivia with drew drew's at cogburn versus the world we did that for a number of years and we had like yearly records and stuff and then it got to a point where it's like well i mean now i'm just redoing the same games over and over i feel like maybe even asking the same questions like this has really become old hat and then i think that becomes uh obvious 
when then you're listening to the yeah. show, it's like, oh, these guys sound bored with their own with their own programs. So, well, you do have to evolve after a while. You absolutely right? must so, evolve. And I found our shows at a point where we weren't evolving at all. So I just retired every segment in like one fell swoop. And I was like, we are starting from scratch. We're just building. We just have a flat base of talk, and then we're going to build up from there. So that's where we've yeah. been for the last uh, forty episodes or so. That it was for me. It was um, something very similar to mm -hmm. that. Was I used to? So I take the music out of the show when I do a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so what I used to do was bad business ideas, which is a bit for my yeah, regular show. It's a fun idea. Um, but I used to do commercials in between. Okay, for the ideas. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it just got old after a while because it's like, a lot of work. Yeah, it, it's a lot of work, and also you know I'd rather if somebody's going to listen to this. Mm -hmm. And what I started doing was doing commercials for basically friends and family. Mm -hmm. So like on the last episode, uh, I did one for Maker Fair Orlando. Mm -hmm. um, not charging anything, not do, doing it out of the, you know, just because it's, I want people to know about this awesome thing that's yeah, happening. Yeah, it's something you actually believe um, in did and one what happened. Off Cuts, because Elliot was on my show earlier this year. Right, so I yes. said, he's on my show. And also, you should listen to Off Cuts because cool. it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was something that I think, you, you know, again, you have, if you're getting tired of something, mm. you know, sometimes it's, it, I used to do a lot of website work mm -hmm. and the clients that I would do it for, they would get tired of their own website because they saw it every day. Yes. And so sometimes you have to convince somebody that, okay, I know you're tired of seeing chriscrespo.com mm -hmm. every day. Right. But the people who are going there for the first in time. many cases are mm -hmm. seeing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. So they're not bored with it. Right. Now, maybe we can fix this and this. You can tweak things. But yeah, just give an overhaul just because you're bored with it is insane. Yeah. But I think with podcasting, it's you walk that fine line of, okay, is the audience bored with it or are you bored with it? Yeah, exactly. Why don't you try something new? Why don't you take a new take on it? Right. Um, and I think to your point, you we talked earlier about, uh, you know, reading something mm -hmm. on a podcast mm -hmm. versus it being a little more improvised. Sure. So maybe you have a list of the beats. That was something I struggled with early on is mm -hmm. that I wanted to, I had this very funny bit in my head or I had this very funny script. Yeah. And so I'm getting to the point now where I'm consciously trying to, maybe I write it out mm -hmm. and then I'll do a second version of just the bullet points there that I want to hit. Yeah. And that's what I do. And then you familiarize yourself with it ahead of time yeah. so that you feel comfortable when you crack the mics. Like, Run through go. it once or twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you also find it's a weird thing where when you write something down and you have your idea, like this is what I want to talk about. These are the beats I want to hit. And then when you sit down and you hit go and you're on air, it's almost like that stuff flies out right out of your head because now you're in the moment and yeah. you're operating with a different part of your brain. And now you're trying to access all this stuff, but it's in the in the as it's happening. And it's just weird how then when you're done, you turn everything off. And then you look at your list. It's like, oh, I missed half of these things. What did we talk about then for the whole time? Like, what yeah. do we do? We went on a whole different tangent. It's strange how that happens. But that's something I've for sure noticed over the years. I think for listeners, though, when you have those more passionate tangents mm -hmm. or tangents, <laughs> yeah. um, then I think they're more into that. Sure. Anyway, that's at least when I'm listening to it and mm -hmm. I can kind of maybe gauge when somebody's done that. Well, you can hear the passion. Yeah. And, uh, people want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, or if, even if it's just a bad joke, like they just take a bad joke to the extreme. Sure. Right? If like they keep nailing I, something over and over. Right? Yeah. Some, I, someone's going to think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so um, one of my favorite uh, interviews mm. was a guy by the name of Jose Hanau, and he started up the Hanau Con uh, Community Center, Contemporary Center mm. over in, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name, it's sort of uh, north of Lee Road, 
uh, on Edgewater. So I'm not sure what area that is exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But um, it was such a good interview. But it reminded me. So what happened was afterwards, I posted it, I Mm. pushed it out there, Mm. um, and eventually I talked to him, and you know he was. not used to doing stuff. He was not used to being on the radio. He's not being used to being interviewed. Mm-hmm. So he didn't like the sound of his own voice. So he didn't push it out there. That becomes a big problem with people. Yep. So I think for from a guest perspective, you have a lot, you have a lot of guests on your show. Yes. And I have a lot of, obviously, my mine is guest-based. Yes. Is you have to remember that not everybody's going to share your level of enthusiasm for your show. Right. So if you have guests on... And maybe they don't share it. Mm. Maybe they don't push it out. Maybe they don't do those things that you would expect them to do. Right. Don't hold that against them. Mm-hmm. They, right? may, like, they may just be embarrassed of it. Like, oh, I can't believe I said that thing or I sound the way I sound or and something. And it has nothing to do with your show. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with you. That's true. That's true. And also be mindful because, uh, yeah, there's a difference between when I have guests on. Like, say when I had you on, you know, I was confident that I knew it would be a good show because you're on a mic every week and you're getting the reps in. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, versus when I've had people on that are maybe they're filmmakers or they're there to promote stuff and they really haven't done media or they don't have a lot of mic time. And yeah. you can sense the trepidation as you start the show and the, you can feel the nerves in the rooms and you have to like work to make them feel comfortable and work around that. And uh, again, it, it goes back to talking about being a good interviewer and, and learning the skills of being an interviewer. It's how one to thing, break the ice. How to yeah, break the ice. Things. It's one thing just to have a conversation. Another thing yep. is to be able to guide a show like that in that manner. So that's something to keep, keep in mind for our young uh, podcasters and training yeah. out there. Yeah. So that's actually a really good point. If you are starting out and you are, uh, maybe it's guest-based type of show. Sure. Maybe have some people on who have that mic time at first. They can help you out. And then get into the people who have less. Because I think it's important to, you know, as much as uh, he was embarrassed, I think that's one of my best shows. I love Mm. the idea of people coming on who are getting their mic time or getting their reps. It feels very unguarded in a way. Unguarded, but also like... Okay, you're practicing telling your story and you're finding it like to sure. see somebody's eyes light up and realize that their story is good. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, that yeah. to me means everything. Yeah, that is cool. That, yeah. is, that is really cool. Man, it, there's so many different possibilities you can do out there with uh, with talking to people and the, and the medium of, of talk radio, essentially yeah. podcasting and whatever. Yeah. Did you ever do a bit where you were like, uh, this might be funny, let me try it out, and you were like, you get partway through and you realize it's terrible? Oh, all the time. I mean, on a <laughs> weekly basis, I'll break out some dumb voice or I'll try to do a Mark Wahlberg impression and, and give up halfway through a song about honeybees or, uh, uh, yeah, that I have a recent bit that I've been doing for the last like month or so that I haven't done for a couple of weeks. I'm trying to think of how I'm going to redo it, retool it. Uh, I'm like, it's working, but it's not. It's strange. So for sure, you got to just throw things against the wall and see if they stick. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. Yeah, a lot of times they don't. And you end up with a pile of noodles on the floor. But then you just clean them up and you get more noodles. That's fine. It's delicious, delicious noodles. Delicious floor noodles. Yeah, you uh, can still yeah. wash them off as far as I know. It's, it's a Florentini, I think is what they call it. Oh, boy. Yeah. That was... Uh. <laughs> All right. Nick, we're going to come back. Nick. Uh, yeah, I just left. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to add as far as like um, favorite bits, most embarrassing? Um, really don't have too much uh, like embarrassing moments. Uh, favorite bits. One of my favorite bits. Well, favorite recurring things. If you go back, listen, search out any episode. There's like 11 episodes where um, Soul Brother Kevin 
was our guest. Oh, yeah. SBK. Yep. Uh, he was there in episode three. And then from then, he'd appear like another 10 times over the next couple of years. Every one of those episodes are great just for him. He's fantastic. He's super funny. Uh, I always felt like he made me better and he made our show better. Yeah. So uh, he, he was absolutely one of my favorite uh, recurring guests. And he's nice. out there in uh, Tampa at St. Pete now. He's got his own show, So Brother Kevin Show, out there. Number one in his time slot. I'm sure he's doing great. But uh, I definitely recommend people check that out for like favorite bits and stuff. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it at that for now. Let's play another song. Nice. And uh, let's see. How about Russ Taff? So this is from the movie The Apostle. Uh, so the soundtrack. That's a there, banger of a film. There ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Yes. Because zombies. Because zombies. Yeah. All right. And you'll hear that on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. You have a social media account of some kind. You have a brand you're trying to establish. You're thinking to yourself, how can I get some affordable and stylish props to use to help tell my story? That's where Brand Knuckles comes in. Through the magic of 3D printing, Brand Knuckles uses all of the dimensions to create a piece you can use as a giveaway to customers, as a way to brand your images, and many other applications. Go to Instagram.com slash Brand Knuckles to learn more. And now, back to the show. Russ Taff on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from the Apostle soundtrack that was Ain't No Grave, Gonna Hold My Body Down. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to Odd Numbers. Every week, I have a very special guest this week is no exception. Returning guest, Chris Crespo is here. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Nick. Thank you so much for being here. You are welcome, sir. We are robots. <laughs> <laughs> ChrisCrespo.com, PFTmedia.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to go to all of these and take a look at the shows that Chris has not only yeah. uh, done himself, but produces as part of the PFT Media Network. And yes. you're getting into all sorts of stuff like video and uh, I mean, there's live shows, events, live events the shows range from art to music mm-hmm. to food to got trivia movie, to interviews, trivia. Beer. Yep. Yeah. We, we try to do something for everyone. Got things in development, <clears throat> working on other ideas. Hopefully uh, we got our music show, the major scale that's yep. uh, between seasons right now, but people can go back and I think there are uh, 24 episodes available from the first uh, season, from the last couple yep. of seasons. Yeah. They're working on their newest one now. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's uh, always something going on over there. Very nice. Well, uh, one thing, so I would be remiss if we didn't talk about a recent movie. Mm-hmm. And so I heard you talking a little bit about it on your show from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crawl. Yeah. So I wanted to do something local because okay. that is set in Florida, even though it was filmed in Serbia. Yes. Or somewhere. Yeah, Serbia. Yeah. Yes, correct. Set in a rural Florida setting it's, in it's Serbia. Set in South Florida, but they <laughs> built uh they built a cul-de-sac of a town and uh and called it Florida. And UF actually. Uh she's uh uh a the, the Gators, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's a swimmer for the University of Florida swim team. So they have like a fake uh UF uh pool. <laughs> it is nice yeah. when they get some stuff right about Florida because sometimes when um oh gosh, I can't remember like Daytona 
shores or something like that comes up as one of the locations, like a completely fake location that's obviously yes. California yes. Or, or something like that. Or there's the movie, uh, the Melissa McCarthy, Jason Bateman movie, Identity Thief. Oh, yeah. Where the person who wrote the original screenplay uh, lives, maybe still does, lives in Winter Park. So they wrote the screenplay where it was set in Winter Park, Florida. And when the movie got to, like, the final stage, they never changed that. They it, it became a road trip to Winter Park, Florida. That's where the, most of the story takes place. Um, so then when they do the shot, like, you know, Florida, like introducing this is Winter Park, Florida, it's this big sweeping helicopter shot of a coastline and a beach and all these people on a beach. Oh, and it's like, it's like, man, you are as far away from a beach as possible in Winter Park. But Just do a little research. A touch of research. They didn't care. They shot the That's thing all. in Georgia. They didn't care about Florida. That's all I want. They should just set it in Georgia. Why even bother? Just make it say it's at Savannah. No one cares about Georgia. That's why. Nice. That's why. We don't have nice. any listeners in Georgia, yeah, Zero listeners in Georgia. Excellent. We skip over that. Straight it's to the Carolinas. 49 other states yeah. and Puerto Rico. Oh, excellent. Okay. Listen. Very cool. Yeah. Religiously. In, in Puerto Rico? Oh, yeah. Oh, hashtag uh, Ricky Renuncia. There you oh, go. All right. Okay, that guy. All right. Uh, so speaking of uh, going back to crawl. Yes. Uh, so this is sort of a your a claustrophobic type of horror movie. Yeah, because it's set mostly in the mostly in the crawl space of a house. It's yeah. in a house, but they almost exclusively are stuck in the basement underneath the house. Yeah. And wait, in a basement? And, and no, like in the crawl space. In the crawl space. Yeah, like underneath, so, even yes. under that. Yeah. Ooh, man. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Whoa. Creepy. And so it, it combines two things that I think would be you know very specific to Florida in mm-hmm. terms of horror: alligators. Yep. And hurricanes. Yes. So and did so very well. I thought I really enjoyed how they I pulled was it curious off. About that, yeah, because you said it was a it was a pretty good movie. I really had a good time with it. I thought it was fun. The movie doesn't try to be profound or anything other than what it sets out to be. It's a fun, hungry alligators movie. You know, it's uh, you got the hurricane disaster happening. They got a little bit of family drama to set up your basic bones yep. of a story, but it's mostly a a tight little tale of survival. Against these very, uh, very hungry predators, and it's good. It's really fun. Female protagonist. Female protagonist. She's going to uh, find out why her dad isn't answering his phone during the evacuation, and uh, finds him fixing it up like he's stuck in a house, and it's because of the alligator stuff. And then that gets her stuck down there. And this is all in the first ten minutes of the movie. Like they really. <laughs> It, it's it's set they up. Yeah, here's like three or four alligators. scenes. Here are your characters. Now here are the alligators. And, I like it. And then it builds up from there. It's got some good jump scares, and uh, it's also very R-rated. Like it has some really solid movie uh, blood and gore and stuff. So uh, if people aren't into that, there's gonna be a few parts where they're gonna want to look away. A lot of great shots of um, water turning red, bubbling up and then turning red. Perfect. And, you know, it's like, oops, someone found the, the corn syrup stash there. Everybody uh, likes that. Yeah. Old caro. It's good, man. It's a fun movie. I really enjoyed it for sure. It's not like I wouldn't say rush out and go see in the theater, but whenever it's available on HBO or Amazon Prime, that type of thing, it's for sure a good, good watch at home. So let me ask you this. If you were going to, you've watched a lot of horror movies. A decent amount, yes. You've watched a lot of movies in general. Absolutely. If you were going to customize a movie to Florida, mm. Uh, mm. horror movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we've already got alligators and hurricanes. Yep. What else would you think would be good for a horror-related Florida movie? Uh, first thing comes to mind, I would go Return of the Living Dead style and have some sort of um, bad uh, meth going around. 
that uh, in like one specific town. Oh yeah. That then turns all the meth users into uh, like, like flesh eating zombie type cool. thing. Uh, now that may be that kind of Florida-y. that is very Florida. Uh, bath salts. We could bath do bath salts. Salt. We do yeah. bath salts. Now that is very. Um, I don't want to say disrespectful, but maybe not so nice to the to the addict community. You know, sure. these people need our help. You don't need to be vilified. Uh, of course, it's not a criminal justice situation. It's a healthcare issue with the with drug addiction, drug addiction, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're thinking about Florida, you got to be thinking about drugged out crazies and uh, and meth face and bath a little salts. Bit, yeah. And, yeah, a little bit. It's there. Maybe. Um, where did this happen? Where they were dumping a lot of drugs into the water, so the local animals. I think was it here in Florida where the alligators are now all coked up. Oh well, that is. I think, I think the next level. That's the next of level. The or, they, or there's meth. No, not meth. It's meth. Someone's so it could dumping. Be crawl two. Crawl two. Electric well, they're not even waiting they're, for the hurricane. They're, they're all jacked up. They break out of the alligator yeah. farm uh, in the middle of winter. They're like they're all they're all heated up, and you're <laughs> like we don't, we're not expecting the winter gators. The Winter Gator program. The it's, Winter Gators. It's coming. So it's Florida Winter Gators. Um, like also, you know, it'd be good if it's South Florida. You can do a uh, a Python movie. That'd be oof. I just oh, rewatched Anaconda this week. Yeah, like the boa situation down there where they're catching the humongous ones. It is bad. Like, yeah. It is bad. And they catch one and they see that oh, this one had uh, seventy eggs in it. Great. These things are laying almost <laughs> up to a hundred other pythons at each. a time. Yeah. yeah. So no wonder yeah. uh, we'll never defeat this problem. Uh, as things get warmer and they travel up the state and they get closer and closer to us, yeah, it's a horrifying time to live here. Now, it's you, not Australian bad, but it's getting bad. It's not. Yeah. We're not quite Australian. Not quite Australian. I don't have to shake out my boots every morning to shake out all the spiders and snakes, but we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a lot of boots, I got to say. It, it takes a long time to, to flip all those boots over, too. I don't know why I do it every morning to make sure every single boot is empty. Every single boot. Yeah, I only wear one pair, but... Yeah, you got to be safe. Just yeah. in case. No, that's a good point. You don't want to lay point. eggs in there and stuff. Uh, another one I was thinking of is: uh, Were you a Five Nights at Freddy's fan? Uh, no, video I, game. I know about it, but no, okay. I never, so never played it. Do that, but with an abandoned theme park. Ooh. So kind of like the end of Zombieland, but okay. uh, abandoned theme park. Maybe that's something good. supernatural. You could do abandoned. What's going that? On. What's that place? Um, over off of Fifty, behind all the Vietnamese restaurants, there was all the the recreations of the. The old Chinese temples and stuff, hidden, hidden China. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that what it was called? Splendid something China, like that. something Splendid like that. China, yeah. And it was like a little, it's like a little rundown, uh, do that. almost theme park. Yeah, that'd be a good spot for yeah. zombies to come out of there. Zombies or something, yeah. Any any sort of horror thing. Uh, I thought you know what would be nice if Netflix. So I know Netflix is investing a lot of money in individual countries, right? So we'll mm. get like Canadian shows after they've been there sure. for a couple of years. Some or European long shows, it's on. Yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, so I would like the idea of Stranger Things, but set in each state. Ooh. Because, yeah, I mean, the whatever it was, the energy uh, council or uh, organization that was doing it, the mm-hmm. government agency, mm-hmm. is everywhere. That's true. So why not have one of their little locations? So you do looking like locations. Stranger Things, Florida, like it takes place in Port St. Lucie. Exactly. And, uh, and like a skating rink in like 1985 or something. I love, well, let's go back further 1975 yeah let's go back to the 70s it's 70s so it's disco rinks and they're battling a, a swamp ape from another dimension perfect uh, that sounds very florida i love it and then also they have to deal with uh, jethro and the boys down the down the street because <laughs> that feels like a big 70s thing too right you gotta worry about those guys yeah you do have to worry yeah. about those guys okay mm-hmm. so the last one i'm gonna pitch to you this is relatively serious okay let's take the idea for league of extraordinary gentlemen okay which was a great comic book mm-hmm 
Terrible movie. <laughs> Wild movie. <laughs> Base it in Florida. Okay. So we get the dog from Because of Winn-Dixie. Okay. Winn-Dixie. Mm-hmm. Dexter. Okay. Winter the dolphin from Dolphin Tail, the one with the right flipper. Over, right over yep. here, yeah. And the aliens from Cocoon. So those are the good guys. That's the team up of good guys. Okay, those are the good guys. Right. And Nev Campbell from Wild Things mm-hmm. would be the strategist. She'd be the leader of the group. Okay. So she's, she's like the Charlie. Him. She's a Boswell. Yep. Of the, okay, yep. gotcha. And then Magic Mike mm-hmm. could be one of the villains. Ooh, he'd be leading the team of, of villains. Of the bad guys. Okay. And girls. And girls. Yeah. Uh, this could be fun. This is like uh, Ocean's, uh, it's like Florida Ocean's Eleven, sort of. Florida Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. I love it. Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, but it's or or like a uh, Avengers, Florida Avengers. We got to team up all these Florida people. We can get the alligators and crawl. They can show up too. They oh, can, there you go. It, my, Magic that's Mike magic and the Mike alligators and, the- <laughs> and, and the meth gators can get together. Uh, it's like we're from Tampa, bro. And then they have to do battle with uh, Magic Mike is about to unleash meth on all these gators. Yeah. They got to stop. And them. then he does an amazing dance, and you're just like lulled in. Like, whoa, how does he move like that? And part of the first movie is getting Dexter back from being a lumberjack. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's giving him to shave that beard, like, that fake beard. Like, we know that's not real. <laughs> Get rid of that thing. All right. I think we solved Florida cinema. I think we did. I think now the the state legislature is ready to now pass some uh, tax incentives so we can bring back the film industry. Like, just, I don't know if we need tax incentives so much as cash. Straight cash. Yeah. Just that give would us, be better. Just give us the cash. Florida. Forget the taxes. I, I know Florida's a big listener. So the state of Florida is listening. Florida. Is always listening. Uh, so uh, it's if, been, it's been a long time since Passenger Fifty Seven. We need to bring back productions to Orlando. And we got some great ideas here. Uh, if you want to invest, and you should, and you're going to, mm-hmm. please invest now. Please do. Okay, so let's listen to a Florida uh, band, Mofro. This is the Long Way Home from La Glusa nice. on WPRK, Water Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode was recorded live on July 22nd, 2019 on WPRK 91.5 FM. You will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. There's always something interesting happening, so listen early and often. The To Be Decided is a YouTube channel, or is it more than that? I vote for more. Miller and Davis are partway through their fourth season, but the videos are standalone and cover many topics. Do you like obscure Japanese bands from the late 90s? Stories told by teens? Then get you and your computer over to youtube.com slash the to be decided for more. Now back to the show. Old, or I'm sorry, Mofro on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was the long way home from Lockloosa. Lockloosa. Yeah, it's from it's in Florida. Somewhere. You got it right. Yeah. All yeah. right. Great. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Good job. Chris Crespo is my very special guest. My name is Nick. He's the one telling me that I'm right. Correct. <laughs> wow, I'm doing really well. I'm like four for four so far. I'm all about positive affirmation today. Aw. Yep. That's nice. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Uh, okay, so we have a few more minutes uh, left on the show. Chris Crespo, you can be found in all sorts of places mm-hmm. in all sorts of spaces. Yes. In your faces. In our faces. Mm. Cinema Crespo Diso, though, is your main podcast that you do. We'll talk about PFT Media as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
where is how would you describe the show to somebody who's just uh, listening to this for the uh, first time? Yeah, sure. Pop culture talk show focusing on movies, obviously based on the name Cinema Crespediso. Uh, it's a movie podcast uh, for the people. I'm a film critic for the people. I'm trying to bridge the gap between film criticism and your average movie watcher. I feel it's ridiculous that there's this whole thing where it's like almost like movie critics and and the general audiences are at odds for whatever reasons. And it's like critics don't know what they're talking about or audiences are dumb. You know, it's like, no, we're all just people watching movies. So let's let's bridge that gap. And uh, that's a big part of the mission statement of Cinema Crespity. So and then also just have a good time. Talk about movies, talk about whatever we feel like talking about that's in the air, whatever Mm -hmm. zeitgeisty and uh, guests and things that had you on. uh, Well, Two months ago, maybe I believe you were you did an episode yeah, somewhere around there. It was a lot of fun. We had yeah. a good time. We'll have you on again for sure. And uh, yeah, it's it's good podcasting, comedy, movies, stuff like that. Great. Yeah. And then as far as PFT Media goes, PFT Media, the home of a number of podcasts. Uh, there's the Simon Time Trivia Show is our weekly trivia show. We already mentioned Offcuts, our food show. A lot of fun there. Uh, we have uh, the beer show, State of the Beer Union. So Steve Vecchi, who is the co-founder, produces that, uh, where they uh, it's a, a comedian, Leslie Joe, and a brewer, uh, Gina, who does uh, Broken Strings, Black Cauldron, one of the two. Oops, I should get that right. Like I said earlier <laughs> in the show, I've fallen behind on listening to my own programs. Hey, you know what? It's early in the morning. And it is still early in the morning. This coffee is almost done. I'm going to have to get another one yeah. on my way home. Um, but Cinder Beer Union is a very fun weekly beer show. Steve also produces Tidbits, which is a great uh, storytelling little sort of talk show where he talks to different people and gets mm. stories from them. Uh, we have so many different things. The Daily City, I mentioned, is our new show with Mark Baratelli. Uh, Daily City has been an entity in this town for a, a decade now, at least, oh, yeah. if not more. Yeah. So that's sort of a, like a legacy thing we've been uh, we've had the pleasure of uh, working with. Uh, we're also working with Boris over at Mills Gallery, the art gallery. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah, he's got, he's producing a show, The Experience with Chris Fio, which will be debuting in February, an interview show. But uh, they've been hitting the promotion circuit hard uh, leading up to it. So I'm um, interested to see how that turns out, and I'm very excited for that program. And uh, we have The Meat Limit, which is another entertainment review show, but they're based out of uh, South Carolina and Virginia. They're over there up on the border. And uh, so that's us like expanding out of the mm-hmm. Florida area and stuff like that. We have all sorts of things. I mean, just go to if you just go to PFTmedia.com, you click on shows up top, you get the whole drop down. You can see the big Tim Murphy has his programs and we have all uh, oh, it's, it's insane. The devil's in the details. It's on hiatus right now. But uh, it's an education show that people can listen to. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. I like the idea of, so if you're thinking about starting out, if you've started a podcast, mm. to not necessarily compare yourself to others, because mm. obviously your take and your voice is going to be unique. Yes. Um, and I think that's something that I think podcast advice columns get wrong, which is you have to have a unique take on something mm-hmm. or else don't do a podcast. Sure. It's like, just go out and do it. Because you are, you are the unique person. Yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen? Right. Um, uh, that no one listens to your show <clears throat> and then you embarrass yourself in front of no one? That's Yeah. yeah that's what, It's yeah. totally fine. It's Keep totally going. fine, guys. Just do what you want to do. And gals, guys and gals. But I like the idea of the podcast network like a PFT Media mm-hmm. that you can go and sort of find the different voices. Yeah. 
find the different genres, find the different topics that mm-hmm. you're talking about mm-hmm. and kind of compare and control. Oh, I might like to do something like this or yep. I might, Oh, this is an interesting take on this. What if I added this to it? Right. Yeah. Uh, with all so many different people creating all these different shows for us, mm-hmm. they're coming from different ideas and perspectives and influences. And uh, it's cool seeing how each show is different and how each one does have its own voice just based on the people that are producing the programs. And uh, it is a good spot for people to go to if they want ideas for their own shows and, yeah. and to see the how it's a podcast. It's literally a blank slate. It's theater of the mind. You can do whatever you want, come with any program you want, any style you want, and uh, there's no one to tell you no. You know? Right. It's whatever you want it to be, whatever you want it to sound like, just do it, and then most likely there will be other people out there who will want to hear it. Yeah. Most likely. Nice. Maybe. So with a few minutes left, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. I wanted to go back to your expertise as Cinema Crespediso host, Mm -hmm. as, you know, the person who consumes quite a bit of pop culture. Yeah, I'm a consumer. You are a Mm -hmm. consumer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just come to some of the recent tropes in movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think we, we talk about tropes. I like when they're kind of put on their heads a little bit. Okay. Like, for example, with Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Taking, I'm a big sci-fi fan. So when they take something like the idea of the hive mind, mm-hmm. like a Borg from Star Trek, mm-hmm. and they turn that into a love interest, right, for Rick, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that kind of stuff happens, I'm really into it. When they use stuff, it's just a you know sort of a an easy excuse to just move the story along. That kind of bothers me. Like a standard convention, a story convention. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. um, I think we're far enough from Avengers Endgame to talk about time travel. So in general, time travel as a story line idea, something Mm -hmm. to use in a story. How do you feel about that? Like is is your first inclination to go, yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work. No, I I like time travel stuff. I think it's very fun, but you got to be careful. You got to know what you're doing and, and try to be at least, kind of clever about it um going all the way back to something as dumb as bill and ted used time travel in a fun way and then mm-hmm. bill and ted's sequel did even more so with the whole like we went back further in time and i created a key and i did this and did that and then these items just pop up uh you can have a lot of fun with those things and uh people also get too hung up on like uh, like back to the future, like plot holes, perceived paradoxes plot holes and paradoxes. And stuff like that, yeah. If your story is entertaining enough and you're plowing forward and uh, people like what you're doing, then those things really shouldn't matter too much because every movie can't be like, um, you ever see Primer? Uh, that's a wild time travel movie where it's like... Primer? Primer. No. Low budget movie from 2006 maybe. And it may be one of the best time travel movies ever made. And uh, it's very smart, very heady. And by the end of it, you're almost like, I need to rewatch this thing just to see what was going on with, with the time travel and with the story and all that. Uh, and every movie can't be like that. You know? Right. They, they, or it's a Looper, a, maybe. Yeah, Looper, it's a, it's a fun one where yeah. they they took some good ideas and, and uh, took time travel. It's like another logical step that people don't normally do. Um, so when it popped up in Avengers, I was like, okay, yeah, this, this is fun. I really can't think of any other way they would solve their problem in that movie anyway. Right. So they found a good way to go back and then cause ripples and go back to different time periods and we got to see different characters and stuff. It, it For what it is in Avengers, I thought it worked out great. That was actually 
when the movie took off. The first hour of Avengers is kind of a bummer because it's all about grief and like, oh, all oh these yeah. people, the snap, you know, turned all our friends into Pepper. This is so terrible. And then they're like, no, now I have an idea. Time heist. Then the movie like kind of comes to life there and, uh, and it picks up. So yeah. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. What about uh, 80s nostalgia? So, for example, mm-hmm. Stranger Things, obviously. Sure. Which um, took I'm, a little while, season three, to get going for me because there it, was they were hitting me over the head with the 80s nostalgia. Yeah, sure. Um, you can lean into that nostalgia way too hard sometimes. Uh, nostalgia is perfectly fine. I love 80s stuff. I love uh, Nicholas Winding Refn movies because they're all like neon and, and 80s pulsing soundtracks and things. Yeah. But he's also not dressing up as characters and Ghostbusters outfits and being like, hey, do you remember the where's the beef lady and all that stuff? He's taking the essence of the 80s and then bringing it forward. So there's a way to like be nostalgic and and do callbacks to to the old school way of culture and filmmaking, but then to modernize it and or not just lean on that nostalgia like a movie like it follows a horror movie where it's very much in the vein of like john carpenter early 80s horror but when you watch the movie it's still like it could take place today they're not making like pop culture references but they're still evoking a time period uh it's certainly possible to to do that i think stranger things the first season like nailed that balance and then as each season went along they got further and further into just it's the 80s. Isn't this fun? You guys remember uh, Gaja Goo Goo and all that stuff? Well, and in their defense, after the first two episodes, mm. it got away from that and more into the plot and the character development and the, other stuff. There you go. Yeah. They, um, they but the first faster. two episodes were so mall-related, I just wanted to hit myself in the face with is a that, bucket. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny how that happens. Um, okay. So, Unlikely Comrades. So, like the Hobbs and Shaw movie mm. that's going to be coming out, which yeah. I, to me is just... You know, we, we've seen it a million times, yes. right? You've got these two, the odd couple sort mm-hmm. of pairing of whoever and whoever. It, usually um, the misnomer is the buddy cop comedy. Yeah. But when really out in reality, they're normally anti-buddies. They normally don't like each other until the end. They do something, yeah. right? They have to go through this trial by fire mm-hmm. together. Like a 48 hours type of situation. This one looks so ridiculous, though. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, just the action and mm-hmm. everything else that I just kind of want to see it for that. I'm excited for the action. Uh I grew up watching action movies of the 80s and 90s. You know, my bread and butter was stuff like Robocop and Commando and the Rambo movies. Very hyper-violent 80s macho films. So seeing the Hobbs and Shaw trailers and even like the newer Fast and Furious movies, it looks like these are movies made by the guys who grew up watching the same things I did. And they want to go back to making these ridiculous explosion-filled action movies but now it's uh things are being pumped up to the next level so now you have to yeah right? you to can't, stand out yes yeah, so you can't just go back and redo commando so now it's gotta be like all these crazy stunts and they have now that we have cg they use those tools uh because they have them and it looks like an even bigger wilder version of an 80s action movie and i'm here for it i'm, I'm excited <laughs> for it i can't wait for that movie it looks like a lot of fun yeah practical stunts are going to become it's basically just going to be Tom Cruise doing them. Yeah, he is the one guy doing it. But then also uh, the John Wick movies are all about the choreography it's and those true. stuff. Yeah, and um, the Raid movies. The Raid movies. And uh, the guy who directed uh, this Hobbs and Shaw movie, he also directed Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2. So, oh, yeah. And he also did, he co-directed the first John Wick movie. So there's this like renaissance nice. of now action movies where they are sort of emphasizing stuntmen and fight choreography and then the camera isn't jostling around so you can't see anything you know they're back to like no we want you to see 
the the action and uh, it's pretty cool now we're, we've, we've gone beyond postmodern action the michael bay stuff and the simon west stuff con air and transformers we've gone beyond that now to a, a john wick style of action movies which i'm very very happy about then hobbs and shaw feels like it's in that vein of yeah you know sir there's gonna be cg craziness in there but then there's also like a decent amount of actual stunt work and and ridiculous physics so what about the cg sort of marriage of say a kung fury where you have and maybe it's sort of the 80s yeah. nostalgia as well yeah. you have this idea of the you know over the top ridiculous action where he's picking up a tank and smashing somebody yeah that's again like an aesthetic thing if you're on that on the wavelength for that type of entertainment then like something like kung fury you're gonna love it because oh, it works throughout yeah it's amazing yeah. how he's fighting that arcade machine and it cuts to like them hanging off of a helicopter and then they're like falling and punching and it's uh it's really insane but that gets to the point where it's just live action cartoon yeah at that point and it works it works great and uh i mean they have triceracop on the of course what, once you have a triceratops headed police officer in your movie or short film then you can kind of do whatever you want yeah uh, you can get away with a lot of stuff yeah i mean yeah. jurassic park if it taught us nothing it's that you know eventually Tri- dinosaurs will be police officers will be uh public servants of course yeah it's a natural segue so i guess uh we're, we're running out of time here i've got a whole list of other tropes that we could talk about but <laughs> Uh, man versus AI. So this has yeah. been something forever. It's actually, you know, what I find is interesting from a cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm learning is I'm in other countries, especially in, say, Asia, mm-hmm. uh, Japan, South Korea, for example, the AI is usually, you know, a, a part of the story, but it's usually a good part of the story. Interesting. Whereas here it's Matrix and Terminator. And 2001, A Space Odyssey. Chucky. Chucky, the new Chucky, the new Chucky is, uh, that's coming the, out. It's a is, smart doll, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, and it connects all of our smart devices, and all those things end up killing us. Right. Yeah. Of course, as you know, as we're all terrified of it happening. And that also makes a good allegory of, you know, we are looking at our phones all the time, and that's sure. killing us culturally, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of a heavy-handed metaphor there. But then again, it's also about a, a toy killing uh, people, so... What do you think about that one coming out? And are you like looking forward to I it? I think it came out already. It may have come out a week or two ago. Oh, gosh. And, I didn't and, even realize and, it. Yeah, that's a thing where it's like um, I'm surprised they didn't get a bigger marketing push. But I think it was decently well-liked. I've only seen the original Child's Play. I never watched any of the sequels. Any the And then the ones where it's like Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. I never watched any of those things. Uh, but they do have a Chucky show coming out on uh, Sci-Fi. Channel? Yeah, so that'll be with the original the ori- guy who did the, the original uh, guy, yeah. the original doll design, and maybe even Brad Dourif re- reprising the role of the voice. So I'm much more interested in that and seeing where they do than uh, the remake that came out. It's a weird thing where I think it was Lionsgate has the rights to the first Child's Play movie, but nothing else. So <laughs> they even like they designed kills for the Child's Play movie that they then the director had had to be told you have to change this because this is way too similar to a kill in like child's play Play three and we don't have the rights to that one so they had to change things around it's very interesting situation there at that point why not just make it a smart doll that doesn't have to be chucky it doesn't have to be child's right we already have annabelle we got the boy we're uh killer doll movies are in vogue now for the last few years it's not difficult to make a creepy doll yes it doesn't have to be chucky it doesn't have to be the the my buddy doll or whatever it can be a whole new thing it's that built in just the fear of not having a built-in audience yeah if you can get a built-in audience why not have it that type of thing all right well let's leave it at chucky all right chuck yeah, I know. He's a big listener. He loves us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so Chris Crespo, chriscrespo.com. Yep. That's C-R-E-S-P-O. Correct. And com. then uh, people can follow me on Twitter at I am Chris Crespo if they want. Very nice. Yep. And then PFT Media, just search for PFT Media. Yep. Yep. You'll find it. Mm-hmm. All the different shows that are going on there. Yep. Thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me, Nick. I appreciate that it. That went by so fast. That was a fast two hours. All right, let's shake hands. Yes, I we're think shaking hands. Good we're radio. shaking hands. People can see this now. We're shaking hands. Great. Okay, I hope they heard that. And I'm going to play an 80s song uh, because one of the few bands that I like from the 80s. <laughs> Because I'm a bit of a snob. I don't know if you realize that. You're a Wang Chung fan? Yep, total Wang Chung fan. Yeah. But uh, in this case, it's Love and Rockets. This is Lazy from their album Earth, Sun, Moon, the only three that matter in the solar system. <laughs> I like how they focus on that. On WPRK, Warner Park, Florida, you've been listening to Odd Numbers. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to Odd Numbers, episode 22. Where do you go from here? Find the PFT Media shows that are in your wheelhouse and subscribe to them. Food, music, movies, people, beer. They cover nearly every base. Also, visit toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little chats.